Hello and welcome to the Simply podcast. I'm Patrick Corbett, Director of Content and Communications at Simply. And I'm Aisha Rajbalu, Content and Community Manager. And Aisha, who are we joined with today? So we have Ketrin Lewis, who is a comms consultant and former head of global engagement and internal comms at Reward Gateway. And she's also last year's IC Leader of the Year winner at the Simplys. Goodness me, we're in esteemed company then. Well, let's get started. Welcome to the Simply podcast, Katrin. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. Hi, my name is Katrin Lewis. I am a specialist in internal communications and strategy, and I've just founded my own company called Culture and Transformation. Built. So you just founded your own company, Culture and Transformation. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that then, Katrin? That's very much hot off the press. Hot off the press. Yeah, it's hot off the press. I think when I attended the Simply's earlier this year, um, I would have been working at Reward Gateway. I'd been there for 11 years. So Reward Gateway is an employee engagement company, um, rapidly growing, growing now into a global uh, enterprise company. And I have had, yeah, over a decade of learning in that space, decided it was time to work really with C-suite and helping them to really create purposeful roles in their places of work. So connecting them to better communicating their strategy to employees all across the business, working through um, culture insights, uh, strategic actions they can take, and then really effective communications that can be threaded through all layers of business. Wonderful. And um, going back all the way to the beginning before Reward Gateway, you were a police inquiry officer. So what what (laughs) caused you to shift into Reward Gateway and then comms? Sure. So I worked in the police control room for Thames Valley Police and I was there for around two and a half years. It was a fantastic job. You're working on emergency communications. Um, You never know what's coming in. You have to be really agile in how you handle your work. And I was just really glad that I experienced that role at the start of my career. Um, However, after two and a half years, I sort of decided I was done with shift work and wanted to move to London. I looked at doing all sorts of different things. I was looking at moving into the Met Police. I was looking at even going into air traffic control. I think that would have been a much more stressful role than what I decided to do. Um, But yeah, I had a friend that worked at Reward Gateway and I was referred in. So talking um, transferable skills here, having worked in an operational control room, they were then considering how I could transfer that skill set into an operational role within a tech company. Uh, which was really fantastic. And my first role with them was working in uh, like client implementations where I'd be looking after salary sacrifice programs, which weren't so well known back then, um, doing cycles work, childcare vouchers, holiday trading and attending client meetings and getting them all set up with their like first step benefits, really. It was a very different landscape, employee engagement back then. Yeah, well, as you say, transferable skills, I guess that one of them is you obviously come in a crisis, I guess, you're used to, to that on a daily basis. So, yeah, I think it was it was great in some ways. In other ways, when you're working in tech, there's some people have their own interpretation of what urgent means. <laughs> and mine was quite different because I was thinking, well, we can all just calm down here because no one's life's at risk. So I, no one's gonna no one's gonna get hurt if perhaps there's a bug in the system or anything like that we can keep level-headed about this rather than rather than anything else <laughs> yeah absolutely um and uh, so and also you as well as the role at reward gateway you've um, you've been a subject specialist for uh, the tensing for a few years uh, i believe yeah. that's 
Yeah, can you explain what you do there? Sure, I've absolutely loved working with the Tenzing team. So they're a private equity company, which means that they are the investors into, they work with so many different types of companies across film industry or transport or tech companies. There's, there's a big range. And I support their companies through their stage of growth as a subject expert. So that would be focusing on internal communications, employee engagement, culture projects, and I've coached some CEOs there as well on becoming um, more confident, uh, more comfortable, I suppose, leaders in communicating and, and working closer with their people. So I love that because it's just a complete mix of, um, of companies, of different growth trajectories that they're on. And actually, there's a lot of experience from being in Reward Gateway, which has been through now four seasons of investment um, as they've as they recently sold as well um, that you can share and you can give a lot of hindsight to people that are going through those those journeys now. Wonderful and speaking about the the investment journeys at uh, Reward Gateway when you were head of global engagement and internal comms there I think you ran a campaign when they were going through the third um, yeah, investment. Um, I think, how did you ensure that your employees felt fully kind of informed and like connected to the process yeah so is, reward gateway operates a little bit differently to how some c-suite might choose to run with private equity investors they're very transparent about the fact that they are owned by private equity and also have an employee share scheme which means that when an exit happens when the company is sold employees all benefit from that so they would get some sort of payout as well so it's a really fantastic benefit to offer employees, especially this time going through a cost of living crisis. It made it all the more sort of tangible for people and all the more relevant and such a big motivation for them to make the mission succeed. So we had a campaign which is called Project Bookers. Our CEO changed the name. It's the name of a fine American whiskey. I don't know if you've drank that or heard of it before. <laughs> Um, he gifted me with a bottle of it, but it's a tad strong for me. <laughs> so Project Bookers was a campaign that we ran, which we would be breaking down all the mystery around private equity, what really happens in a business when you're going through this, what the employees can expect, what the CEO life is like, and actually like the finances being very well communicated so people can really understand the impact that they're making at work and how purposeful their roles are in, in that part of the financial strategy of the business and how then you will be able to underpin that with a people strategy and product strategy to support it. How does it go down with the employee base? The employee base, uh, you get different types, right? So you'll get some people highly competitive, really motivated by league tables, really wanna see the numbers, get all of those. There's some that just love the recognition and uh, and the accolade that comes with that. So seeing the growth in value there and the story that's driven behind that, they're, they're much more into those. I think uh, one thing that all employees wanted to see was, was just the, the, the ongoing performance and how working collectively as a team, they were making this happen as one. So it might be that we're all different teams across the globe and we have one of our values, one of the values was think global to then see how they all link together to make this success story happen. And then 
work, my role would be with the CEO, talking with them every single week around what we can shine a spotlight on, what we can highlight as a shout out, what we can really give recognition to at the start of the week and where any risk areas might be happening as well, which would then drive the Monday, called the Mission Mondays, an update of exactly where we are every week in the business and how we want to drive things forward over the next five days. Sounds wonderful. And um, just going to, so you submitted, well, you were submitted for an award at the um, at the Simplies last year and you won IC Leader of the Year. Um, so just, I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about that. And um, in the application, um, I think your colleague Clara mentioned that you uh, you approach challenges a little bit differently and you think a bit differently around internal comms. Can you just go into a, a little bit about that, please? Sure, I did win. I was absolutely chuffed to bits. And I think something, um, something which is quite new to quite a lot of the leaders that I work with is the emphasis that we put on two-way communication. So rather than it being a, here's what the CEO thinks you need to hear, um, it's not about that. It's about making them sort of servant leadership and ensuring that they know exactly where the gaps are in the business. So it would be open source all the time, enabling employees to actually drive the communications that are happening, enabling them to set the trends and the themes because they are the ones that are closest to what's actually happening in the business. And then the leadership team can just thread that across with what they're ongoing themes are but really making people still feel seen heard and part of the narrative is something that i think is a definite engagement for people in, in in the business i um make sure that the stories there are people people powered like they are the characters that we talk through in all of the narrative that are put together and it no longer becomes about just the just the financial wins that are happening it talks around the impact that people have made to have that happen and making sure that it's as inclusive as possible is, is very important. I see a lot of companies would fall into just talking around the sales wins that they've got. So, uh, and I guess that's easy because sales is a very, a very easy metric to track. You've got new sales coming in. It would be the easiest one to talk about all day long. But what we did was make changes. So we'd be talking around the engineers that have actually built these products and have been sold. We'd be talking about the implementation teams that have gone on set it up and every single part of the team that then makes that new sale possible is included rather than just talking around, oh, this is the salesperson that's done it again. So mm -hmm. it makes it a much more inclusive company and everybody, you know, just, just understanding the part that they play in that whole process. I think when you, you mentioned recognition earlier, and it looks like you, you, you go to new lengths with this, it's beyond uh, a well done on your, your enterprise social network. You, you run a, a thank you festival uh, and a, a part, part of a recognition programme. Can you tell us a bit about that, Katrin? Yeah, the thank you festival was an absolute highlight. So we ran um, the first one of these was during our lockdown period. Um, working with our constraints, we had to think differently about how we could really put people in the spotlight and give them recognition during extremely difficult and turbulent time for everyone. And so the Thank You Festival was a combination of well-being and recognition when it was really needed. We also wanted to see if we could help out an industry that was particularly struggling at that time with creatives. So we did our own live stream music festival with recognition and awards threaded through and thank you videos from the leadership team played out amongst song requests and well-being initiatives that were that were happening. 
So you can picture me, there's a place called Waterloo Farm, which is in Waterloo. It's the one place that we found with a ventilated roof. And I would be stood there with um, the sheep, <laughs> uh, reading through and introducing the different songs, encouraging e-cards to be sent all throughout the day with our manager's challenge to actually send multiple e-cards as well. And then we would be having just this high energy session, which was delivered. It was an opt-in part for people to say, you know, you can still work, but this is happening for you. We had a channel for employees to be able to talk to each other all throughout the day. And just the energy that was lifted in that moment was incredible. They actually ended up sending the same amount of e-cards that we'd normally send in a whole month was sent in one day. So they really went wild for it. And um, we had special edition ones. And then because of uh, because we partnered with a really great team, Smiley Sound, and a production team that were able to thread in videos that are recorded at home and have these overlays, which just made it look like a really professional production. Um, it was a very wonderful day. The second time that we did this, we also took the same theme again, but this time we were able to do it in person, which was really wonderful. And we had the recognition part come out and then made it all around our people once more. And um, yeah, they're just so keen, keen for it to keep coming. And every time they just want to see well, what's coming next, what's coming up. So that really kept us on our toes. <laughs> all right, that sounds great. That sounds amazing. And you've actually written a book as well titled The Little Unicorn, An Adventure into the Disengagement Danger Zone. What yeah. is that about? Firstly, love the title. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about that, please? Yeah, of course. So um, getting people to understand the importance of communication, I think storytelling is one of the most effective methods. And hitting on nostalgia is a really, really great way to get people listening and interested as well. I think one of the secrets of effective communication is if you can talk to somebody as if you're talking to a seven-year-old, then you can make sure that everybody understands what's going on. So I wrote a fairy tale um, to explain exactly what Reward Gateway did as a company to ensure that everybody in the business and any customers that we had, anyone that we spoke to really, would understand why employee engagement is so important and what the impacts of it not, not being put in place would be. So the unicorn, um, I don't, they used to give me a nickname at work, which was the RG unicorn. And I would, I would get little gifts from people, <laughs> a unicorn themed ones. And so that's where the character came about would be, it would be me at work, but I'm in the disengagement danger zone and meeting all these different archetypes that you'd meet at work, but they're turned into uh, creatures in the forest. So we have the HR hedgehogs. We have the um, cynical squirrel that lost its red color and turned all gray because it didn't turn sad. There's the fish that was in the pond that went all dark and murky. There's the intranet overlord who is the big baddie and so on and so on. So we did, I've created that book. There was a follow-up one, which is called The Culture Vulture. And that's a tale from the disengagement danger zone. And that one really talks about uh, toxic work culture. So this is where I'm saying around people getting the recognition that perhaps don't necessarily um, think about the whole team that's involved with it, those ones that are just in it for themselves and took the culture vulture and kind of changed it because I wanted some a characterization of something that would pick the bones there of culture and leave nothing there. And next month I'm releasing a new book, <laughs> which is, um, uh, it's called The Monster in the Office. And that one's actually going to be about mental health. And I'm going to be talking around, around the importance of open communications when it comes to mental health at work. So 
Yeah, I do like I do like storytelling. It's been really fantastic. I've used these stories to go into businesses and hold workshops. So we would do a five minute storytelling session. And then after that, use that narrative to allow employees to openly talk about their experiences of work through it's like a thought form of narrative therapy rather than having to say it's me. They can say, oh, I really relate to the cynical squirrel. I know them. And they'll be a lot more open in using characterization to talk about rather than themselves or only finger pointing. So, uh, yeah, it's really great. <laughs> yeah, I love the, the cynical squirrel. That's, uh, that's <laughs> I might start using that. Stop being such a cynical squirrel. <laughs> My wife's quite a cynical person. So I might, I might, I might <laughs> especially involving anything around me. So I might steal that one. But yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I like the reuse of the culture vulture. I like that. Um, just I'll, quick, I'll ask a quick question about the monster in the office then. Is that a mixture of your experience and research? Uh, how, how is the book going to look? Um, obviously, it's yeah, possible. Sure. So, yeah. So the books have changed. The first one that I did was paperback print and it was about 20 minutes to read. Um, and they have got shorter over time because I'm trying to make them as accessible to people as possible. This next one is around like a five minute story, the same as the Culture Vulture. That was actually done as a video as well. So you can find that on YouTube. Um, so the little monster is around how everybody has a little monster at work and it's all around where do you keep it and how the little monster became a little monster. Um, is it even a little monster indeed? So, <laughs> so this came um, from, inspired by the impact that our level up campaign made at reward gateway when we introduced very open transparent communications around mental health at work e from all different levels of the business i had five employees champion their own experiences writing open lessons or open letters on living with depression um cbt ocd all sorts of different things that they'd been through it got to the point where even the CEO at the time was talking about miscarriage and how that had affected his life as well. Like a very, very, very open world. And it really, you, it's hard to measure those things, but you could really feel the change in that. And again, that was, that was a campaign that was all dri driven through content created by employees. Um, we just did the first five and then they came flooding in wanting to open up and share. There's uh, a real culture shift being able to enact that sort of, transparency in the business and also the amount of trust to be able to share those lived experiences with your colleagues but the impact is huge you get way more insight from that kind of campaign that's happening than just your average um, well-being survey that might happen once a year the I think the leadership team at the time were like shocked but also um, amazed by the experiences that people had been living with and then being able to bring them themselves to work as well. And we were able to put in a much more supportive benefits package after running that campaign as well. So yeah, the fairy tale that's come at the end of that, the little monster, that's kind of like a, the bow on top of the project, I'd say. <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, my final question for you is, do you have any, um, do you have any advice for people that are entering the Simplies this year? Uh, what creates a winning entry really? <laughs> well get yourself somebody fantastic like Clara to create your entry for you she did a great job on our award strategy I think um when I was onboarding Clara into my team and getting her set up with with looking after awards the thing that I'd always say is you've got to tell a great story and that's got to be anecdotal and analytical so you could go in and talk you have got to have the numbers and the um 
the quotes from employees to back up every statement that you're putting in there about yourself. So any project that you're approaching throughout the year, make sure you've got your baseline covered as to like where we are now in an anecdotal and an analytical matter and then outcome afterwards as well. So you've got the facts to back up what you're saying there. Fab. And who knows, you might end up being IC leader of the year uh, or being well. Um, Catherine, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well done last year, of course. Thank you ever so much for your time uh, this afternoon. It's been a, a lot of fun and uh, really insightful. And we'll keep in touch soon. Thank you. Thank you.